0: It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Synergy Connection Show, where we connect the dots between our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual selves. You know, we're learning a lot about health and wellness, I think, um, and 2020 taught us the importance of being physically healthy and keeping our immune system strong and our inflammation level low. And 2021 is is continuing that same lesson as far as I'm concerned, because we have variants coming out. I don't think most of us want to be taking a shot uh, every six months. Uh, you know, to prevent us from uh, coming down with uh, any kind of virus, let alone COVID viruses. So, um, I'm going to suggest that you go to my radio show link, which is www.synergyconnectionradio.com, and you will see the Boomers Forever Young banner when you get there. Uh, click on that banner and go in and look at their health and wellness products. I have been using them for almost four years now. And I will tell you that it makes a huge difference in your stamina uh, in reducing inflammation in your body and also uh, helping to rebuild muscles. Uh, After the age of 50, most people don't realize this, but you lose 1% of muscle mass every single year after 50. And for those of you who have aging parents or other relatives, um, you know, the concern is falling. Because if you fall and you're, you know, in your, let's say, 70s, recovery is very, very difficult. Uh, A lot of physical therapy and things like that. And it's because the muscle mass isn't there anymore to support the skeletal body. So there is a product called Gladiator Barley. And it's one of the ones that I use. And it does rebuild muscle. So... Um, If you go in there and you decide after listening to a couple of their videos and reading reviews and testimonials and things that you want to use any of their products, then where you uh, check out, there is a little tab that says discount. And if you put my name, L-U-C-Y there, uh, or you put the show, Synergy Connection Radio, um, if you do that, you'll get $5 off of each and every order. And in today's world, with the prices of everything going up about 10%, it makes a difference. You know, save five five or more here, it'll, it'll help. Um, okay, so I have as a brand new guest with me today, a gal that I think you're really going to enjoy. And her name is uh, Joni Klein. And I think I'm saying that correct. Yes. And um, our show today is going to be writing songs and books that make a difference. And Joni's an award-winning Floridian children's book author, a songwriter, and she's also done musical theater, uh, playwright, uh, composer, lyricist, she's all of those things which is really cool because um, at least we share in common the fact that we have both written some books. But uh, beyond that, I love musicals and I certainly do not write music. Um, Her songs have been recorded by various artists. Uh, She's been featured in motion pictures and her children's songs and musicals can be frequently heard ringing throughout the halls of preschools, elementary and middle schools across the country. So I think that this is going to be just a super fun show talking about music and books and how all of this impacts children. Because I think the way to reach a child is through the written word or through songs. Um, So welcome, Joni, I'm glad to have you on my show.
0: Thank you so much, I'm so honored to be here. I really enjoy your
1: show, Lucy, thank you. Thank you. Um, So, all right, let's just start with this. I mean, you were a little girl once upon a time. And yes. <laughs> I think you were, you, you told me that you uh, used to, you know, pretend and write things and uh, sing songs even back when you were very young.
0: Yeah, well, from the time I was very, very young, I was always making up songs. There was always something to sing about, whether it be eating a bowl of spaghetti, I would do a cartwheel and sing about doing the cartwheel. If I was happy, I sang, if I was sad, I sang. In fact, my mom said that she knew that I was sick if I wasn't singing or there was something wrong when I wasn't singing because I was always singing. But um, it really wasn't until like maybe 12 or 13 when I started to really write little songs with my friends. Uh-huh. and. My friend andrew and i we used to sing into a tape recorder and she would take a line and i would take a line and we would create a <laughs> song and we were just so creative together we were young and just having fun it kept us out of trouble too because that's an age where you could start getting into trouble so we always had our little fun play world you know and uh and then um when i was in high school is when I wrote my first wheel song and it was a farewell song to say goodbye to my friends. I was going to college and we were all going in different directions. And that was the first song I ever wrote called Promises. So. And what were some of the words in that one? Oh, Promises. Uh, It's been a while. Uh, Promises, they're fading away. You're going your way and I'm going mine. We're on two separate paths that keep drifting with time. That was the opening.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. So were you <laughs> able probably. to maybe stay in touch with a lot of those individuals? All of them. In oh, fact, wow. recently,
0: yeah, we, the crazy part is that we've kept in touch throughout the years. Some of us would keep in touch, like we, a little bit here, a little bit there. We had a reunion maybe, oh gosh, 15 years ago or something like that. But recently we came together because of the pandemic and we started a thread line and now we all keep in touch and
1: it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. So do you do like, like old friends, right? <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, um, do, you do Zoom meetings or something like that? We're some of them,
0: yeah. With some, we'll we we'll, we'll, we'll do FaceTime, you know. It, but but it's kind of hard. You know, those are kind of harder to set up. Oh. So we have a thread that just keeps going where we share different things, and it's been wonderful. Sadly, one of my dearest friends just passed away, so that also brought us together with sharing pictures, and and that was really that was really special that we all were able to celebrate her together. And we were at her zoom, sadly, a zoom funeral, but, uh, mm. so,
1: yeah. You know, One of the things that I heard just in the last year, I had not heard it, you know, until then, but I heard that as long as someone says your name or yeah. talks about you, that you never really die. Yeah. And I think that's they're super special. Yeah. They're,
0: they're in your heart. It's, it's right. very, uh, I, I always feel like the people in my life, they're a part of me. They're, they're a part of my makeup. They're who I am. So I carry them wherever they go, no matter how long they're gone. They touched my life. I think everybody
1: touches your life in some way and you, you carry pieces of them with you. you know? Right, right. Well, um, we don't have a village per se anymore that helps to raise us. And so, you know, our friends, um, you know, extended family, if you will, in a way, you know, those are the ones that, that make us who we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So when did you actually start writing? I know the books came later. Yes. When did you actually start writing music that, you know, was utilized in the schools or, or how did that all happen? Well, It took a long
0: time to get there because my my previous history, I was writing rock and roll and and all that other type of thing. Um, And it wasn't until I had children of my own that I started working more. In fact, I remember I got pregnant and I wrote. I started to all of a sudden the pieces just clicked. Like all of a sudden I started to think, wow, I need to write happier things, things that are really not just songs about falling in love and you know, <laughs> really not that that's not happy, but there was right. also heartbreak, you know. But but I really felt like like music is a connector, and I feel like we have a difference. We can make a difference with everything we do, and we all have different gifts. And my gift happens to be music, and I feel like I have a responsibility. So that started, once I got pregnant, I realized I have a responsibility to bring as much goodness in the world as I can because this is our future. And so from that point forward, I had my first song published by Paul Zim. It was a song called Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. Um, that, I mean, I've had the first children's song, I should say, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. And he uh, is a Jewish children's artist who was pretty well known, which was exciting to me that he picked up my song. And it happened pretty quickly. But once my children started to go to school, to preschools and elementary schools and middle schools, that's when I really, that's when I got totally immersed in children's
1: music. Hmm. Um, And okay, so kind of follow that thread. So now you're totally immersed in what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. What what is happening? Yeah, I mean, you know, now that you're immersed in music, you're listening to what's in the schools, so to speak. Oh, you know how how did you begin to go? uh, I think I need to have my songs in schools because maybe they're going to help children learn differently. Okay, so what happened was, it well. I started off
0: with preschools. I was a preschool music teacher and a religious school music teacher. And I basically looked for things that were lacking that, that weren't out there or if there were old, old songs and we needed some new stuff. I looked where there were holes in, in not the market, but where the kids needed it. Like what uh-huh. songs do we need to create fun things? So that's how I started to write songs for preschools uh-huh. and also for religious, that religious school market, primarily the Judaic market. But with the elementary schools. That's when everything changed. Um, one teacher, and this was all teachers approaching me. So Booker Creek was a brand new school at the time. when We moved to Florida back in 97. And Booker Creek was a new school. And one of my children's teachers, I helped with a song for her classroom. She was doing a play about the sea. Kathy Fox, Uh, she did a play about the sea, and she asked me to write a song, and I did, and she used one of the songs in her play, it was called Dozens of Cousins, and it was really cute, and it's all about all the animals in the sea, but then what happened was Brooker Creek asked me to write their school song, so I did, and then the next thing you know, teachers were approaching me and saying, you know, my kids are having a hard time learning about sentences. So I wrote a song, sentences for different kinds of sentences. We are taught writing words that come together, making a complete thought. And then I would go into each sentence, you know, that there was a question, a period, a, you know, like each type of sentence, because what would happen is a lot of kids would have difficulty remembering these type of things. So in a song, you're connected to rhythm, which I turned out, I didn't realize it, but I was a rhythmic learning learner as a child. If it wasn't for the Mississippi song, I would never know how to spell Mississippi.
1: <laughs> a lot of <laughs> others, it's the
0: truth. I, I didn't realize it, but I my memory wasn't great at retaining things, but I learned with rhythm. And that's when it's like, aha, I can teach children with mu- musical, which music is a connector, right? It, it's easy to connect to music and the rhythmic patterns. And so... Uh, sentences song, piggyback paragraphs. Um, One of my uh, 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 favorite songs, which when I was a kid, I could never learn the continents. I struggled so much with geography. Well, this one teacher asked me to write a song about the four oceans and the seven continents. Well, now four different oceans are a part of this world we live in four different oceans, now let's start to say them one by one. Oh, there's the Atlantic, Pacific, the Indian too. Let's not forget the Arctic, now we are through. And then I did the same thing with the continents. And it's easy to remember
1: because kids can associate with
0: music and rhythm.
1: Absolutely, you know, the show that came to my mind as you were talking about learning things, you know, with kids, uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I mean, right. who would ever remember that word? Right. And yet, you know, I think all of us know that word or when they did Sound of Music, yes. you know, Tell a a deer. Do, go a deer. A right. deer. Exactly. Yeah. So we all learn through that kind of musical association, um, I believe. I think even those that have maybe learning disabilities learn because there's another factor. Well, think
0: about Barney. Remember the, I I don't know if you remember the Barney phase, you know, Barney may even still be on TV. But if you look at Barney and many of these other TV shows that are out there for children, music is is used. Uh Most of them have a song, whether it be being kind to each other or something educational, right? So like Barney, think about this, okay? Think about the seven days of the week. How many of us learned there are seven days, there are seven days, there are seven days in the week. Remember that song? Yep. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's how I learned the days of the week. And I remember as a kid, I would sometimes refer to, let me see, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I I used to identify with that. And, you know, so that's how I feel. It's, It's very helpful when it comes to learning and whether or not, You have a disability or like I didn't think of myself as having a disability, but I did have a problem with some memory retention stuff that, you know, things just came so much easier when you attach a rhythm to it. In fact, it helps children with memory too. Um, I'm working on a manuscript now, a children's book manuscript about a boy who can't remember the order of he has to make bake muffins and he can't, he, he has to get the ingredients and he can't remember how to get the ingredients. So he uses different tricks to try and remember. There are different ways that you try and remember things. Some people write things down, right? I have to write things down. Uh-huh. That's how I remember everything. <laughs> I yeah. write things. If I go to a doctor, uh, my, I drive my doctors crazy. Cause every single thing, because I know I won't remember what they're telling me. So I always write everything down. If I have a project and I remember something in the middle of the night, I write it down because it's not going to come back to me unless I take a look at it in the morning. So I keep it right. by the bed, you know, but I think it definitely helps with remember things. There are tricks that you can use to remember things. And one of them is attaching
1: it to rhythm. Hmm. So what is the favorite song, if you have one, you know, for children that you've you've written?
0: Well, I'll tell you one. I, you know, they each hold a special place in my heart because they all serve different purposes. Again, everything has a purpose. I everything that I write, I feel it's very, very important to use everything wisely to make a difference. So if you look uh-huh. at the bulk of my catalog. I feel like every of including recycling, the rainforest, <laughs> you know, I've got a whole bunch of them out there, the man to save the manatee. But there's one in my heart that's very special that I sing when I do a lot of my performances and it's called friendship. And I feel it's very important, especially with what we're going through right now in the world where everything is so polarized and people are just so disconnected from each other and it's heartbreaking. But I've been doing this song before that because I feel like you can bring children together. So it goes like this. Would you like to hear it? You wanna hear it? Sure, sure, absolutely. It goes like this. We may have different faces, we're different religions and different races, but there is something special we share. A beautiful connection is there. Yes, we're friends. Oh, I'm <clears throat> sorry. I'm so hoarse. Friends sing. Hang on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hold on. Let me take a sip of water. Boy, oh, boy. Sorry about that. <clears throat> friends singing together, pledging our hearts to make the world better. Friendship. We're talking about friendship so lucky are we working together we can change tomorrow erasing poverty pain and sorrow will make this earth a safe place to be yes we can do it all you and me cause we're friends singing together pledging our hearts to make the world better friendship We're talking about friendship, so lucky are we, so lucky are we. Boy, sorry about that little quirk. That hasn't happened in my voice in a long time. Doesn't it figure it happens on a podcast? (laughs) Wow. It
1: it shows that, uh, you know, this is not a polished recording, (laughs) it's a real recording.
0: No, well, no. If I didn't hurt anybody's ears. I apologize.
1: <laughs> no, it's a beautiful song. It okay. really is so pretty. And I would think, you know, it does. I, I I don't know. I mean, we need things like that, that bridge the gap um, that, that we are in and have been in for a number of years. And you're right. We're horribly polarized. Yeah. And it's not just you know, uh, different nationalities, um, political factors, uh, age factors, race factors, you know, it's all of it. And it doesn't seem to be going away. It's just very, very sad.
0: Well, and I feel like the more goodness that each of us bring into the Uh world, the more all of that heals. And I feel like each one of us, this is the time Every person has a responsibility to use their gifts and we all have different gifts. Mine may be music and writing, but every person has something that's important to give. And this is the time. This is right. the time you use the gifts that you're given to help to heal the world. And I feel very, very strongly about that. And that's one of the reasons I was honored that you asked me to be on your podcast. Cause I see what you're doing. I've listened to your podcasts and each person that I've heard has, has, brought something important i walked away with nuggets from every one of them and any nugget that you can give you're making a huge difference i feel it's it's wonderful what you're doing but this is the time this is Uh the time we all need to come together and um and i don't think it's going to get worse i think that now though people have to start listening people have to start listening to their hearts listening to what's right and doing the right thing. And many times we've taken different roads because we felt like people had to respect us or we wouldn't fit in or that, we, that we're not good enough to, to share our gift. Baloney, this is the time. You're uh-huh. given the gift for a reason and this is the time. So I'm actually very positive about the direction that the world is going. I think we're in for great things now but i think we had to get some wake up calls to say okay guys it's time <laughs> get your acts together heal your bodies fill your
1: souls heal your heads and and use what you're given use Right. Well, in several of the shows, I have mentioned the fact that we are basically 50 trillion cells inside of a virtual reality body. And um, so if you kind of think about, you know, you're born as this, you know, little five, six, seven, eight pound babies, let's say. And, um, you know, the body's pretty perfect at that point. And we stretch, we grow you know, as we move through the ages until we reach maybe, you know, our 70s or 80s, and now our bodies are not as youthful. Um, It just depends upon, you know, what what you're doing nutritionally, exercise-wise, sleep-wise, and things like that. But we have the ability to age beautifully, but those cells are vibrating. And so if we're vibrating with love, if we're vibrating with, you know, harmony, peace, joy, happiness, as opposed to negative emotions, then what we send out, you know, through that virtual body that we have is what's impacting those around us. So we can either be sending out a lot of positive vibes or we can be sending out a lot of negative ones. And we know when we're in the presence of somebody who's super negative, it doesn't feel very good. That's and right. yet, if we're in the presence of somebody who has a lot of love energy going out, the other thing that I always explain to um, people when we're talking about this is we have 40,000 brain cells that are in our hearts. And a lot of people don't know that. The Heart Math Institute out in California. Has done a tremendous amount of research on um, just that. You know, the fact that we stay intellectually in our heads about 95% of the time, and yeah. 5% of the time we're in our hearts. So, if we can learn to reverse that and spend a lot more time in our hearts, then the decisions that we make in life are infinitely better for us and for everybody else because we're not trying to figure out who said it or where did you get the information and all of that. We're trusting our own intuition, which resides in our heart, you know, as to how to make things better. And I think your music probably came right from there. It came from your heart, not from your head. You know, that's interesting.
0: it's funny you say the heart and, and you know i've been paying a lot of attention i've been taking a lot of different classes and how important it is to work for your heart but i also feel like like there like it it goes up like that there's that connection do you know what i'm saying so it's the heart but it also has to come like i i feel like everything comes from a higher place. And that's how I feel. I feel like music, it's handed to me. Do I work for it? Yes, I definitely have to work when it comes to creating, particularly with books, books are much harder for me to write than songs. But there was a period of time where I really struggled with songs too when I first was starting out, but I took workshops and I learned and I learned and eventually the pieces click, they click and then there's a connect. Mm -hmm. And now it's so easy, like songs just come, they just happen. Like it's like they're handed to me, but it took time to get there, you know? Right. But, But back to the heart, I feel the heart and the health, I should say. I think it's really important that we pay attention. Like, you know, you were talking about the negative and the positive. And I think that in an instant, we can change. I think we have the ability To change what we focus on, you have a choice. And it is a choice. I truly believe it's a choice to focus on the negative or the positive. I've met people in my life, there are people who've been handed silver spoons, who've totally destroyed their lives. And there are people who came from very difficult situations, who they focus on what they can do. What can you do? What are the things in your life that, you know, everybody is given challenges, no matter what people who, who seem like they've spoons in their mouth, they're given other challenges, you know, so everybody, it's true. Like right. everybody is given a challenge. There's nobody that has it easy because that's why we're here. We're learning. Right. Mm-hmm. But how do you turn something from a negative to a positive? And it's not easy to do. And I got to tell you, I think this pandemic was a huge wake up for a lot of people. I know so many people who've done so much soul searching and looking and saying, okay, what's working in my life? What's not working? Am I eating right? Am I not eating right? Am I exercising? Am I doing what's right for my body? But Mm -hmm. I also think that when you're given an illness, and I say you're given an illness, because I I actually, um, I was diagnosed a couple of years ago with breast cancer, which was a shock to my system. I never had any cancer in my family history, I, or if I did, it certainly wasn't breast. It was like skin cancer, or you know, this was something that shook me to the bone. But what happened was I felt like it was my clock in the head. I was given so many warnings, so many times, Joni, get your act together. Joni, get your act. What did, what did it take for me to finally listen to not only get my act together with taking care of my physical health, but my mental and spiritual health. I was not on, I was on the right path with many things. When it came to music and working with children, it always filled my soul. Music fills my soul, like food fills people's bodies. You know, that's how I always felt. Uh But the key is that I wasn't honoring my path. There, There were certain things I needed to do, certain things I had to get rid of, of feelings of, you know, we all knock ourselves or talk negative to ourselves about silly things, whatever, but, I had to put certain things aside that I needed to grow from, you know, things happen to people and how do you grow from them. And I think this was a very important time, both the diagnosis and when I uh, and the pandemic, those were like, boom, boom. And I had to stop being afraid of things. I think I was afraid to go for it in many ways in my life Uh and go, and I don't mean a golden ring, but like go for something like this, you know, being not afraid of doing interviews, not afraid to give, to take an opportunity that comes my way because how many opportunities, and I think you seem like one of those people who you get an opportunity and you take it. I never used to be like that. I, I would think of all the things that could go wrong of, well, what if I look like an idiot? What if, I, what <laughs> if my voice cracks when I'm singing? What would I do? <laughs>
1: right. You, you laugh and go yeah. on. <laughs> and
0: now, now I can laugh. But, right. but right. back then, I was terrified. Like, what if something happened and I screwed up and people lost respect for me? Or, you know what I mean? So I think those are the kind of things that I needed to stop and say, you know what, it doesn't matter. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. You have something, you got to be on the right path. You got to do what's right for your body and you got to do what's right for your path. And you can't just live for one person other than yourself. You have to be good to yourself. And you also have to find all the goodness to bring to other people, because that's how you help
1: people. Right. I'm going to share a story. And uh, I, I know this person does not listen to a uh, podcast or anything <laughs> like that, but I, I am going to share a story that just happened to illustrate something you said uh, about, you know, we're here in this particular time uh, to encounter different people and those people can change our lives and we can change their lives. So, there is a park that, in fact, you and I met at that park. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not gonna name it, but you know where I'm talking. Beautiful, about. beautiful. And um, <laughs> about four months ago, um, a gentleman started coming to the park and he looks, if you were to go into the Bible and look for a picture of John the Baptist, he honestly and truly looks exactly like John the Baptist. Yeah. Uh, and he shows up dressed similarly. Uh, as, as the biblical picture. So he has not a lot of clothes on. And he normally um, will have a feather uh, attached to a headband. And he literally is like worshiping on this little beach in different places and saving souls in his own way. Mm. But what was happening is because he was so loud and so, um, you know, drawing a lot of attention to himself, he thought that was the way to go about you know, helping people is to draw that kind of attention. And in turn, it was frightening people because he was very um, outspoken. And even though I would say there were some individuals who said, you know, he's harmless, quote unquote, um, they were removing their children and they were moving away from him, which was the exact opposite of what he wanted. So a few days ago, um, a friend of mine and and myself, we happened to be there, and um, the friend being a male, you know, approached him as a male, you know, very encouraging, but, you know, basically saying, this is not a good thing, you know, can you maybe relocate yourself a little further down the beach, so that families, you know, can enjoy the sunset, and, Of course, um, surprisingly, this individual is extremely well-spoken, but he took a very defensive posture. And I was just sitting listening. I was on a bench and I was listening. But as a psychotherapist, I began to listen to what the exchange was. And, you know, it was like two individuals talking about both of them being correct uh, in their position, but there was no meeting of the minds, so to speak. And so I ended up saying something along the lines of, um, we, we kiddingly call him John. And we said, uh, you know, John, um, you know, what's happening is that, you know, children are actually a little afraid because you are loud. And I said, what about if you just, you know, were softer in your approach and let them come to you? I said, I really believe that if they can come to you on their own, rather than you being sort of in their face, that you can do a lot of good teaching them about love and peace, which is what your message is, yeah. but do it in a softer way. Yeah. He stopped, he said, thank you. He said, I needed to hear that. And on that particular evening, and I don't know whether he's done it since because I haven't really been back at night for sunset, but uh, on that particular evening, he relocated himself from the main area down a little ways. And as I was leaving, um, I happened to see that there was a little boy that was there talking to him. And so I think there's at least the possibility that the message was you can have the most beautiful message in the world of love. But if it's presented in a way that people can hear it rather than feel like you're pushing it down their throats. It makes all the difference in the world and hopefully he he learned that because you know your music our books your book my book it is it's always about love and understanding and approachability and you know learning life's lessons but i think anytime you have somebody pushing that lesson at you it never works as well i don't know whether you agree or not but oh absolutely
0: definitely
1: definitely and i think a lot of times
0: it's not so much even pushing. I think a lot of people don't know how. They mm-hmm. don't know how to connect, and it's not an easy thing connecting. You know, right. many times it's not an easy thing. You know, one of the things I found, and I, I truly believe that most people are good. I mean, everyone's given different situations. Some people are given really horrible situations, which leads them to make bad choices. You know, and mm-hmm. and and I don't believe it's their fault. I do believe they have the ability. Also, though, you every I think every day you're given an opportunity to fix wherever you're at. You have the ability to turn in a positive or negative direction. Right. So it's important to, or I think really always important to keep looking for the positive. As hard as things can get, and it gets tough, life can be really tough. How do you find the positive choice? But I also think that to connect with other people, we need to understand certain things about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that it's not always easy to look at yourself and look at things. We've all done things that are wrong. Everybody, I don't care who you are. You, you could say something nasty to someone not even realizing it. You can go through the door and slam it. How many times have I been in a rush that I didn't even know that I slammed the door behind me on someone's face, not knowing they were there that I don't, I don't even know about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, think, but I think we all need to look inside. you know. And I think that's where you can figure out what you can let go of so you can embrace the good stuff. But I do think that just one positive change every single day, you know, this is one of the things when I was first trying to make it as a songwriter, I started off as a songwriter. And the and same thing though, the same process goes with being an author too. It was very hard. You're constantly getting rejection, constantly. If you saw how many rejection letters, I should have saved them all because you wouldn't <laughs> believe, I'm not kidding, I would have a file folder literally like a huge file of rejections i used to send out music all the time all the time same thing if you saw how many rejections i've gotten on my children's books it's awful you know i mean you could you could you could totally you know you could i used to cry i used to cry now i learn from it you know Uh but um oh gosh i lost my train of thought where was i going with this there was a reason i was telling
1: you this maybe about the rejections
0: uh, oh, I'm so embarrassed I don't know where, where I was going with this there was a reason behind it but yes I oh uh, well well so one uh, I know where exactly where I was okay so what happens I realized is that you know you could go really low from every rejection but the key is to keep moving forward no matter what no matter what rejection you do where you get, no matter what you go through, even if you feel like an awful person, I'm such a lousy, why did I do this and that, whatever it is in life, the key is to do three positive things a day. As long as you do three positive things, whether it be towards a goal. So like with me, with songwriting, if I got a rejection, I either sent out three more, three more uh, books or manuscripts or songs, Uh or I, we have, but I made sure I did something. I either Googled something. Well, back then it wasn't Google, but I would look, I would research. Maybe one day I'd come up with 10 titles of songs or 10 titles of books. Every day I had to move in a positive direction. And as long as I did three things that I knew that were taking me in that direction, I was moving forward. So I knew I was always moving forward. And the same thing can go with how you feel about yourself as a person. There are days when everybody wakes up. Everybody some has good days and bad days. On those bad days, just say, okay, you know what? I'm gonna do three good things today. I'm gonna to call three people who need a phone call, or maybe I'll call one person and maybe I'll do this to help someone. Maybe I'll visit someone. But every day, do move forward. As long as you're moving forward with what you feel is pulling you back, you're not going backwards and you're not stuck. You just have to keep moving forward. And I've been doing that with my career. I try and do it with my life. In fact, I try and do it every day where I try and do three good things to help someone else if I can. Uh-huh. Sometimes I'm not successful, but I always try. You know, I, In fact, I, I pretty much try and do it every day. I try and do something or three things at least that are positive and many times once you start on the positive stuff you don't want to stop so you keep doing it and you're like wow you know what that person was really happy when i went to visit them maybe i'll call this person or you know and i feel like it just it it takes off on its own just like a negative spiral can go negative when you do something that you know isn't right and then that can lead to something negative but you right. always have a choice
1: right yeah and and realizing that we do we always have a choice we can do something that is Uh, beneficial, you know, and like this person that's in the park. I mean, he believes in his heart that the Holy Spirit has touched him and therefore he wants to touch others. He just had to find maybe a little softer way to touch rather than using, you know, the method that he was using. Bob Dole was just interviewed on Sunday morning, uh, you know, the CBS Sunday morning show. Mm -hmm. And I guess he's approaching 100 Um, I think they said that he was recently diagnosed with cancer. Um, But he said that he, you know, his mission was always much like yourself. It wasn't three things that were positive a day, but he always wanted to make a difference in one person's life Mm -hmm. every single day. So whether it was a phone call Or whether it was, you know, going and seeing them in person or when he was involved with politics, you know, doing something that was a positive there. But that was his life mission is to make sure that he did at least one thing every day that made a difference in someone's life.
0: Well, you know, what's nice about three, though. Mm -hmm. And I think one is wonderful. Whatever you can do, you can do. Mm -hmm. But when you do three things, it takes you more. It takes you further. Mm -hmm. Positive. So three is like, boom, boom, boom. It kind of sets you on a path. You know what I mean? (laughs) One is great. And in fact, anything you do is great, right? Anything that's positive is great. But with three, many times it it turns, it could turn the course. It takes you when you start becoming, when I would send out one manuscript, it was like, well, you know, okay, I got a rejection. I'll send out another one. But when I send out three, I'm like, you know what? Maybe something will happen with one of these three, (laughs) you know, (laughs) with one, it's like a tit for tat with three. It's like, you're leaning into a great direction. So, so that's why, you know, I, I go with the number three. I love the number three. And I also feel it's also a, a magic number in children's books too, which I don't, I don't know if you, you know that, but like I take a lot of children's writing workshops and things like that. And three is a magic number. In fact, it's also like a magic number when, when you're doing anything lyrical, whether it be music or, you know, you repeat things, right? So mm-hmm. like a, a line in a song, many times you'll hear one line like, um, oh, here's one Mary had a little lamb. Little lamb, little lamb. Mary had a little lamb, her fleece was white as snow. Everywhere that Mary went, Mary went, Mary went, right? Like, it's like, so that's one, but it's also done like that in children's books. So when you have a character who is trying to achieve something, right? So you have like your main character, right? What does your main character want? What gets in their way? How do they overcome it? Well, many times when you're doing a children's book, you pick three things that they have to overcome before they finally get to where they want to go. Right? Or when you're doing uh, to a song, to a, not a song about children's book, a rhyming children's book, you'll he this, he that, he that, you know? And it, it kind of helps to enforce a concept.
1: Hmm. Um, I, I was just thinking of the, <laughs> the book that uh, I wrote I, that I know you haven't read yet, but um, The Adventures of Miss Twigs and Company. And there are three characters. And I didn't realize that about the threes. But it's Miss Twiggs, Mortimer, and Penelope. And they represent truth, love, and wisdom. Ah. And so when they're truth,
0: love and wisdom,
1: three. Uh-huh. Three things.
0: There's right. a reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very much True. so. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Somehow mm-hmm. I intuitively knew to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and if you that's... and if you ever like look at certain speeches, you know, especially like when you go to uh certain uh, speeches given by religious, you know, clergy, or, or people who are, you know, Martin Luther King's people, people who are, if you look at their speeches, many times they come back to something, they Uh they keep coming back to something to to reinforce it. So three, I think is a great number that reinforces. And then many continue on from the other way, you keep using reinforcements, but three is good. And you don't want to do overkill either because then it can lose the momentum of what you're trying to say. Right,
1: right, very true. Um, Which song that you have written do you think has had the biggest impact on children?
0: It's really interesting.
1: I mean, I don't know whether it might be through the environment. You know, it it really
0: depends because, um, so I'll tell you one of the things that I do this, this is interesting. Okay, so I'm not going to say a song. I'm going to say a concept. Okay. One of the things that I do is I write children's musicals. And the children's musicals are performed in schools and organizations by children. So the children come together and they create, uh, uh, it, it becomes a happening, not just a song, but a happening. So I'll give you an example. Um, one of the things that I did was for Curlew Creek, elementary school. Now, this wasn't a musical. This was a song I wrote, but it was Curlow Creek elementary school. I was working with a music teacher and we were talking about how they, they were doing something. The children were trying to earn money. The every, Each child had to earn money to, ra- to raise money for Winter the Dolphins' new aquarium because they were creating a new aquarium at the time. for Winter. Oh, the so okay. they had to work for it, which I loved, that the, each kid had to work to earn Dollar, whatever it was, and they collected the monies and at the end presented a check at the end. But when I was talking with a music teacher, we came up with this concept of a whole curriculum being based around Winter the Dolphin. Right. So the kids, um, the kids did uh, for, for this section of school, they had art projects that revolved around winter language arts. So they had to write some, it would, depending on the grade you were in, one had to write a haiku, one had to write a story, a short story, whatever. Uh, the the science, they learned about, you know, the sea and dolphins and all of that. Um, uh, social studies, you know, they, they incorporated everything. Uh-huh. And then at the end, so what happened was the kids spent this entire unit, the whole school spent this unit based on Winter the Dolphin. And then they had someone at the end come in from the aquarium who uh, they presented, the kids all presented a check, but before they presented this check, they sang the song that the teacher asked me to write and it's called Winter. And it's winter child of the sea. Gliding and soaring, her calf just exploring your world. You know, it was all about Winter the Dolphin, but tides changed. She got caught and I, I forgot if she, I think baby was a crab trap or something, but the whole song was based on winter. And so the woman came in, she brought a sample of the tale, she read the kids a story, the kids sang the song, and then they presented. There was the artwork was all around the room, their stories were all around the, the room, you know, the the, the uh, auditorium. And at the end, they presented the check. And this was very powerful because these children all work together to do something special and wonderful. And they had to earn the money. And, you know, like the whole thing came together. That was one thing that was very special to me. But another thing, another uh, series of songs, but like when I write children's musicals, there are some teachers I've worked with who had just Unbelievable. A shout out to Mrs. Crim, who is amazing at Booker Creek Elementary School. She's just awesome. And Mrs. Price, who also worked at Booker Creek, but she also works at the CAP Center. I don't know if she still does, but at the time she did, she worked with children at the CAP Center. And the musicals that, um, so I would write musicals that they would put on. One teacher is Mrs. Crim. She's like, okay, look, you wrote a song, a 50s musical. I need another 50s musical, but I want it to be about recycling because we want to do a recycling unit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so, I wrote a recycle music and a musical, and it's all about how uh, this nutty professor pops in while kids are complaining about recycling because it's summer vacation. And, you know, it starts off with a song where the kids are singing, and it's summer's meant for having fun. And in pops uh, a wacky professor, kind of like the one from. Um, uh, you know, the Keith Fox. Uh, back oh, to Back in the Future. Right, right. Yeah. He's like that. He's a nutty professor. He comes in and he takes the kids back to the 1950s. So it's a 50s musical. And he shows them how we live in the disposable generation. Right have mm-hmm. this generation with plastic bags, with all the, we, we throw out things, cardboard boxes for juice, whatever we do, you know, that that we just waste so much back in the 1950s they did things so differently you know they carried lunch boxes with a thermos you know that you drink right with right, right and, and- the newspaper was used, you didn't throw out your newspaper, you used it to wrap a gift, the cartoon pages to wrap a birthday present, or, you know, or you didn't throw out your clothes, you didn't go shopping like this, you got hand-me-down clothes, and then you handed it down to someone else, and when the thing got so ratty, your mom made a skirt out of it, instead of, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what made a scarf, or, so, so it compares the, the different generations, and What happened was it was just such an amazing experience the first time it's been put on several times at different places but this one teacher was so awesome she had the kids make so they made she got all the parents involved number one all the kids learned about recycling it became this whole recycling unit Pinellas County Utilities came in handed the kids books sometimes the kids were able to go to the the plant to see the recycling plant um, each kid had to come up with a plan of what they were going to do to recycle that they said, said at the end of the musical. Um, the costumes were made out of recyclable products at the, one of the one of the shows that I put on I'm not sure if it was the recycling one or the rainforest one that I put uh, that I, I helped to write um, that one uh, the kids melted crayons. Their, oh, they brought in all their old junky crayons that were gonna be thrown out and they created new crayons. They took all the red together and all the blues and they melted them down and they put them in either shapes or in, in um, uh, little... Uh, what are they called like, cup, like cupcake holder things and created new crayons and they sold them to raise money for the rainforest <laughs> you know at the end of the show <laughs> like awesome. it was amazing and and I felt like that to me and songs in fact I, I'll sing the recycle song because the kids all of the songs each song in there was very important each one was educational right so one song was about comparing to uh, the 1950s to the 19, uh, to, to that, that time period, which was in the 2000s, you know, mid 2000s. Um, but, it, you, know, you know, one song was comparing the two time periods. One was Rock and Roll with Me. So they learned about rock and roll music and did learn how to do rock and roll dancing. These were second, first graders. It was crazy. What they, these kids did was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And to me, so here's the song that I know sticks with the kids. And it goes like this. Reduce, reuse, recycle. It's what we've got to do. Reduce, reuse, recycle. It's up to me and you. Our planet needs our help now. There's no better way to start. Reduce, reuse, recycle. It's time to do our part. So, so for me, the musicals, each musical I do, the kids come together and they do something amazing. And I love that. I just love that. One of the musicals that I wrote, um, which I co-wrote actually with Jane Tesh, who is an amazing writer. She writes um, adult books as well as uh, ch- children's plays. And Mrs. Krim, Janelle Krim, hooked me in with, she, she, there was a story that she just loved that she said, oh, you know, I, I really, you should really try and find this lady who wrote this book. It was in like a, a standard school book because she loved this play and she wanted me to turn it into a musical. So I contacted this woman, Jane Tesh, who is now just a wonderful lady who, I have her uh, afghan that she made me <laughs> sitting right over here. But, um, but we wound up writing some wonderful musicals together. And so the first one was called Red, about Red Riding Hood who changes the story and and of each character and it's really adorable. But there was one that we wrote that was called The Land of Lost Socks. And Land of Lost Socks is educational. So remember I was telling you about how different songs kids learn learn rhythmically. Well, this play was about a boy whose brother tells him to get lost. And he does get lost. He gets lost in the land of missing things. Now missing things, isn't just missing things. It's mysteries that were never solved. So they learn about Amelia Amelia Earhart. She's there. The Anasazi Indians are there. The uh, the Dare family. So they're getting a history lesson too. And it sticks. The things that they learn in the musicals, including the songs. The songs help them remember. Why did the, the Mayans disappear? You know, there are a whole bunch of theories. In the song is the theory. Uh, the, the theory. So they have, you know, different things going on where they're learning about the different theories of why did they disappear? Was it aliens? Was it, <laughs> you know, there were a whole bunch, Really, there's like a whole bunch. It was really interesting uh-huh. that the kids, they walk away singing these songs, not even realizing that they're learning then and they're coming together. They're working together. They're learning what it's like that every person counts when you're in a musical or a play, everybody holds their part. And it was just an amazing experience.
1: You know, on so many levels, too. I mean, uh, I'm thinking that those kids, you know, when they're in high school, college, graduate school, married and have children, they're going to remember the songs. and Isn't the that crazy? That <laughs> no, but I think that's just so wonderful because you've helped them. It's something that you learn in a book that you read, unless you read it over and over and over again, or somehow have to teach it. Um you don't remember it. Right. But for some reason with a melody, you do. Right. Isn't that crazy? I think it's awesome. Um, I always explain to people that we learn through our senses, anyways. Yeah. And so it's what we hear and it's what we see and what we touch and smell and taste. But you know, with um songs, they're seeing the words, they're hearing the melody, you know, they're saying it, you know, so the rhythms too the rhythm rhythm. yeah Yeah. they have so many different ways of learning and remembering
0: I have to tell you crazy stories this Uh one this was probably one of the most emotional experiences that I've ever had in my life as a songwriter Uh, a composer whatever with the musicals so um one of the classes I think was it it was either red or recycle. I can't remember which I don't remember which play it was. I just remember the feeling that I felt. So one of the things that I do when a school puts on one of my plays is I always try and come in and I talk to the kids and I talk to them about being a songwriter. And now being an author, you know, I talk to them about being an author and they usually sing a song for me and you know and and I love that. And I sing with them and it's just really fun and they get to meet an author and and you know a writer and all that. Mm Anyway, so I love doing that. That's one of my favorite things, by the way, is interacting with the kids. Oh my gosh, it's just amazing. It blows me away. But each time, but but this particular situation, the teacher told me that there was a boy in one of the classes, and this was, I think, a first grade class. It was either first or second grade. I can't remember which. But it uh-huh. was a boy in the class who had an aide in the classroom. He struggled. Um, I don't know exactly with what, but I know that there were some some things that he was going through. Um, and when the teacher said that she wanted him to be in the play, uh, the, the parents said, he can't do it. There's no way he can't do it. He'll, he, he'll freak out. He won't be able to memorize. He won't be able to be on, it, it will be a terrible experience. And this teacher, again, Mrs. Krim, she said, we can do this, he's gonna do fine. So anyway, I go into the classroom and she, she tells me the story and then the kids say, okay, so the kids want to perform a little bit of the play. And I would always go see the plays too, but -hmm. before it goes on, they would put on a little thing. Well, not only was this boy in the play, he was the one feeding everybody their lines.
1: Oh, so he'd learned it all. Wow.
0: The play and he was the line feeder. And not only that, he got up at the end and said who he was and that each kid at the end would say what they want to be when they grow up and what are they going to do to help better the earth? And like, it was, it was amazing. It was just amazing. And that for me is everything. That's why I love working with children. I feel like if I could, you know, if I have the ability to pump up their tank, you know to fill their tank in some way, make them think that they can do something because everybody is, you know, it's scary to get up in front of an audience, but once you do it, it's like, oh, it's not so bad. Like I could do this, you know, so many times people get bit by the bug once they do perform <laughs> and they're afraid before they do it. Some uh-huh. people will never do it again, <laughs> right. but still, but it's something that they know that they did
1: mm-hmm. and that they
0: worked together for. Right. And I feel like that for me, I feel like that that's like one of the greatest things, particularly the musicals. I love musicals
1: I love that I just love that do you know how many years ago that was that you did that that one must have been like seven years ago I think That. so he would be in middle school now yeah it would be so fascinating to know you know if that kind of changed the course of his life I would think it would have
0: well I believe the arts do and I Mm -hmm. think arts are very very important regardless of whether you're a sciencey person or math or... I think the arts are so, so important. I feel like, like I said before, I keep using this term. I feel like it's a connector. I feel like, you know, it's important to have ways to express yourself. Now, some people, when they're creating something scientific, that's an art. That really is an art form. me. It, now it's STEAM. You know, it's science, technology. Uh, what is it science technology engineering arts and math it used to be stem and now they're including the whole picture together a lot of books now are geared towards that and a lot of programs on television they're geared towards those things because that's what they feel the kids it's very important to learn all of these things
1: uh-huh. but i
0: could tell you that there are a lot of kids who are being diagnosed with disabilities who and i'm not like you know like uh, i don't even know i'm afraid to say anything because of political correctness but you know I know that back then you know ADD and ADHD I don't know what it's I'm afraid to even say I don't know what things are called now whatever but I do know that there are many kids who um, are just amazing in the arts but they fall through the cracks in the public school system Mm -hmm. and It's really, like some of these kids, some of these kids used to thrive when there was, you know, PE outside, you know? I don't know what they've taken away and what they haven't taken away in the schools now because it's been a while since my kids have been in school. But I think it is so important that kids get to release energy and express themselves and, and even at least learn because there are some kids who would never know. Their parents may not be musical and then all of a sudden they learn how to play a recorder in school and the lights go on. You know, like wow, you know that's what I'm good at. You know, and they may not be good at math. Where right. some kids are great at everything, some kids feel like they're good at nothing. But everybody, there's something. And many of these kids who are super creative, some of the most talented people I know in the arts, had ADD and ADHD and or or some type of challenge. Right.
1: You
0: know, right. and and many times that they, they they find themselves in the arts and they soar. Because uh-huh. they're connected to a different place. That's why their feet aren't always on the ground. Right. You know, there are people, fortunately, I always had one foot on the ground and one in the air. So I was able to do okay in school. I was able to get through everything. Uh-huh. But they're some of the most talented
1: ones. They don't have their feet on the ground. They're on this level, right. you know? And those are the ones that end up on Broadway. And I guess Broadway uh, just reopened. Oh, so some of
0: them, but, but when it's not acknowledged or right. you can't express yourself, that could be very dangerous energy. That's why it's so important for listeners out there. If you have a kid who may be struggling in school, sometimes, like I was amazed what band did for so many kids. band and choir. It was an amazing connection for a lot of kids who may not have fit in other areas Mm -hmm. and boom, they found themselves. and, And even if they weren't musical initially, you, they teach you how to do things, you know, There were my, one of my boys who didn't have much musical experience, he wound up going into um, uh, the pit. So he started to learn marimba. He became great at marimba. He was great at it. It was like, oh my God, <laughs> both of my boys played marimba in band. You know, wow. there were kids who did well with the marching part of it, right. you know? And so, you know, I really think there's so much to add and because you're also a part of something. You're a part of a group. So I think it's really important, especially in high school and middle school. Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy to get into trouble when you're not like, who knows who they are at that point? You're so, it's such a confusing time, but when you feel like you're part of something, whether it be, it could be a religious organization, it could be band, choir, a sport, uh, uh, I mean, anything, a, a girl scouts, boy scouts, you just an organization like your con- yeah again the word connection that i keep right. using that word which is part of your your radio show it's connection right, right? it's the synergy well i'm
1: going to stop us because okay. it's already been an hour if you can believe oh that.
0: gosh it went so fast it goes,
1: it goes <laughs> incredibly fast yeah and i think that's a good place for us to leave is understanding the importance of being connected to something or someone. Um, you know, that um, it, it gives your life um, more of a sense of purpose, um, that you can kind of say, yes, I'm making a difference here, or yes, I belong to this organization, and that's a part of who I am. So I love the fact that you were able to share your music and share your thoughts. And you know, you're making a huge difference in the lives of children. And they're all connected to us and to, you know, the world beyond because, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years from now, you know, life is going to continue to evolve and be different. And um, so music and uh, plays and books, that's how we leave a legacy, I think. So thank you. um, you're going to be back on the show um, towards the end of summer. And I think uh, your show is going to air right before Labor Day. So um, not this show, but the next time that you're on. So let people know, please, how they can get hold of you. Sure, sure. You can go to my website, www.joneyworld.com.
0: J-O-N-I-W-O-R-L-D.com. Joniworld.com. And I also have... um, Uh, Joni Klein Higger Facebook page for music. Uh, I have a Facebook page for books. And I also have something called Storytime with Miss Joni, which is also on
1: FaceTime, uh, on Facebook, (laughs) Facebook. (laughs) I was going to say, boy, you must be holding a phone constantly. Oh boy, oh boy, yeah, that would be tough FaceTime, but. Uh, it would be, but it might be fun, you know, just for a classroom kind of experience. Oh
0: yeah, well, I've, yeah, I've definitely, I've done some Zoom readings, I love that.
1: Really yeah, fun. that's fun. All right, well, thank you again for being my guest. And, um, you know, you and I are going to talk, um, you know, soon. So uh, just go out there and make it your best day, people. Um Life is short and certainly the pandemic has taught us a lot of different lessons along the way. But, uh, you know, pick up Joni's books, uh, introduce them to your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren, if you're listening and you have, you know, somebody that uh, is a little bitty one that maybe is coming into your life. And so teach them about music, the power of words and how we do learn in so many different ways. So thanks again, Joni. We'll Thank talk
0: you. Again. It was a pleasure. Thank you so, so much. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye-bye.